Welcome to the Flying Solo Podcast, a show for those going it alone in business. I'm your host, Robert Gerrish. Flying Solo is an Australian online community and home to stacks of free resources, discussion forums, professional development tools, and a whole lot more. Find us at flyingsolo.com.au or join us on Facebook. Katrina Pollard supports world-leading brands and those heading in that direction. She also works with individuals, helping them transition from unknown to expert, which, funnily enough, that's the title of her recently published book. Now, would you believe it? Today, we're looking at how to get the attention of a journalist and, assuming that we do get their attention, how to prepare for an interview. So, hello, Katrina. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks so much, Robert. Good. Well, look, now, presumably... This whole, you know, media, 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 this whole sort of area starts with us needing to know what journalists are actually looking for. So, you know, as small business owners, how do we how do we start? How do we even know that? I think the first thing to think about as small business owners is that we we make assumptions that we have no stories to tell or, you know, we we get so caught up in running the business because we wear so many hats as small business owners that we just... We just get caught up in, well, everybody knows what we do. Everybody knows what I do and I don't really have anything to tell. Hmm. But we do. We have amazing stories to tell. And I, so I think the first place to start is that acknowledgement and that realisation that you do have stories to tell that journalists are interested in. It's just really critical to actually put that um, as a part of your week or, or plan that into the time um, that you're 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 spending building the business is to actually uncover some of those stories. Okay, so so it's it starts off with a kind of a mind shift shift shift. I certainly it? do yeah, okay. believe that to be the case, and that's what I have felt um, with all of the work that I've done with small businesses over the years. Is the first thing that people say is like, "Oh no, no, I don't have anything interesting to tell." Hmm. So so the, the the first one is a mind shift. The second is to think about the fact that journalists are always looking for stories, mm. particularly those journalists who write about the, about small businesses yeah. or um, solo entrepreneurs. They're always looking for stories. Mm. So um, what it is is actually seeing the first place to start is to make sure that you're reading those publications or mm. those online um, news sites uh, and radio, TV, wherever you want to be, to find out what kind of stories that they're actually publishing. Mm. And tell because me, Katrina, should we should we really sort of start to try and get in the head of an individual journalist? I'm not talking about, you know, this is way before we make any form of contact, but sh- when we read the publication, should we be taking careful note of who's writing what? Definitely. Okay. Definitely. And that's where you start building your media list because the media list, which we'll talk about probably a little bit later, isn't about having hundreds of people on your media list. All you need to have on your media list are the people who um, will be likely to be interested in your story and the places where your target audience and your your potential customers read, obviously. Mm. So definitely getting into the mind of a journalist is really critical because what you need to understand is that journalists aren't there to promote your business. They're not there to help you sell more of your products. So if you think, oh, well, I'm moving office into a bigger building in a month's time, I'm going to send a media release out. Mm. 
journalists will go, I don't really care about that. <laughs> Good luck with <laughs> Why that. Why would my readers be interested in that? Mm. But if you're actually releasing an innovative product or if you've actually be prepared to share some of your IP mm. about the things that you do, then they will be more interested in that because they because you need to understand that they're there to sell more magazines or to get more clicks on their website. And so they're writing stories that the readers are interested in. Mm. Look, I, that, great points. And I get, you know, so what I'm getting so far is that now in the mornings when we stand there in front of our mirrors, looking at ourselves and saying, I'm great, I'm wonderful. We also need to say, I've got a story to tell. I am interesting. Yes. You know, we need to start sort of thinking that way. And then uh, I also love your point there about a media list is so often you hear of people going, oh, I've got a media list of 200 journalists. Mm. Well, big deal. You know, mm. a media list of one journalist is great if that journalist actually writes about you, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. And I think um, it's something that you just touched on as well too. Like when when we're standing in front of the mirror in the morning, <laughs> not that I can say I do that regularly, but it is definitely that reflection. Mm. Um, it is thinking about what your entrepreneur's story is. Yep. So like one of the things that I did and I share this story all the time and I've got lots of media coverage. It's on the back of my book. You know, it's that fact that I started with absolutely nothing. Like I left a job. I started in a rented property at the in the sunroom with no computer, no nothing, mm. and actually have told that story of how now I'm an international speaker and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But my, my journey of how I actually got there, my trials and my tribulations and my, my the learnings that I got, and I share those through my story. So the first um, story really is actually uncovering your entrepreneur story of like mm. where, where you started and all of the all of the stories along the way of what you learnt and, and sharing those because that's what other entrepreneurs are really interested in as well. Yeah, well, and, and of course, what it you know again, great points. And what it, it it just it makes it so much more pleasurable for the journalists, as you say, that the journo that gets the press release that says business ABC is moving to a bigger building <laughs> goes, oh, for goodness' sake, yeah, you know, I've wasted three seconds of my life yeah. reading that um, versus the one that's got maybe you know, a rags to riches story yeah. or an idea that you had as an eight-year-old that's coming into fruition at, yeah. as a 38-year-old. You know, the sto- these are where the gems are, aren't they? It's almost like we have to sort of imagine that we're being interviewed by somebody Yes. And um and and really going back in time and, and just keeping start to keep notes on anything that you know the, the sort of the path that we've taken, isn't it? It's often the path that's got the story. Absolutely, absolutely, because that's that human interest element to it where um, as humans we, uh, we, we like to actually understand that we can emulate people or that if somebody else got there and started with nothing, we can get there as well. Mm. And we also like to know that other people are, especially as small business owners, because quite often we're sitting there doing this on our own mm. um, or we might have, you know, five staff or whatever, but we're still the person who's responsible for managing that business. And so we don't have um, the sounding boards that quite often, you know, people in large corporates have. Yeah. So it's actually really important to to spend that time to actually acknowledge the trials and tribulations that we've had. Um, but it's also, it's why it's so critical and such great storytelling is if you actually share, you hear of others because mm. you feel like, 
okay, I'm on the right path. Oh, I can do it. Oh, they did it. I can get there. You know, it's that, it's that really inspirational and aspirational story. Sure. And look, you touched on another great point there about this, this whole notion of a sounding board. Now, for those people that are listening to this, those are our audience listening to this, and there will be some, I sincerely hope, that will want to come and talk to you and get your help. But there'll be others that go, no, you know, I can't do that. It's not the right time in my business to do that from a uh, finance point of view or whatever. Mm. Where, do, How can we kind of rehearse? How do we know whether what we think is a great story is a great story? Mm. You know what I suggest to people do? There's a couple of things. One, and that's why I was saying too, it needs to be built into the part of, the way that you run your business. So, for example, with what I do is um, we have a brainstorming session every Wednesday morning at 10.30 no matter what. And I, obviously it's I'm lucky because I have people who, who are in PR. So I can, mm-hmm. I can, I, the, we can generate stories um, together. But that I also um, go out and catch up with people who are in business, who I know have experienced um, uh, the same similar thing to me in terms of growing their business and we actually catch up for dinner yep. or a drink and we brainstorm mm. we, it might not be a formal thing but we're actually brainstorming story ideas um, and there's other things too like sometimes I just go down and sit under a tree and I'll just take a piece of paper and some colored pens and I'll just I'll just write down 20 things in in one minute without actually so it's really building that time into doing that brainstorming yeah. and then actually finding the people who are in your life whether it's business whether it's friends whether it's family that you can actually talk through yeah look and i think um what you're sort of alluding to there i think as well is something that um that we talk about a fair bit and that happens uh, quite a lot in our forums which is this whole notion of having a, like a buddy group you know if you mm. just reach out and have maybe three or four other business owners who've also perhaps got media profile as a as something on their wish list then as you've said is the way that you do it you do it very formally every wednesday morning but it might be that you meet once a fortnight and you say okay let's have 20 minutes each on around the table on what's your story what's you know and talk to each other it's that sounding board is, is such an important thing and it's such as small businesses it's something that we can do so readily because you know we see it every day in our forums people are so willing to share yeah they'll soon tell you if you've got a, yeah if you've got a good I idea, or a bad idea. That buddy, buddy system that is mm. such a great idea mm. and it's so critical for people who don't um who are working from home because they don't have that sounding board and quite often I know I personally come up with ideas when I'm talking mm. <laughs> it depends on your personality you know yep. you know plonk me in um you know a blank room with you know a black pen and a piece of paper right. it would be very hard for me to come up with an idea so it, I think that we need to acknowledge as um, small business owners where do we get our ideas from and yep. making sure that we uh, cultivate those opportunities yeah. to really draw out those stories oh yeah so true I remember um just to digress for a second I used to do a talk which is uh, with small businesses, which where do you get your best ideas? And it's fascinating the responses you get. Nobody ever, and I must have done this talk, well, I don't know, 10 times to 50-odd people at a time or something, nobody ever said they have the best idea when they're staring at their monitor. <laughs> you know, when you have your best ideas or when you're with friends or when you're out walking or when you're yes. about to hop in the shower or at 3 o'clock in the morning. You know, it's just important that we have the, the uh, facility and ability to 
capture those ideas when they come, don't they? Oh, absolutely, critically. Mm. And I think that those ideas really need to, um, it's not just growing your business ideas. I think that um, the media needs to be a part of how you actually um, do that problem solving Mm. of like, well, what is a journalist going to be interested in? And you're going to find that you'll get a lot more ideas and uh, it'll trigger a lot more stories in your business when you're reading those publications or listening to the podcast or wherever you want to be. It is something that I actually talk to my team about all the time Mm. and the graduates that we come through here. You have to read or listen or watch the the media outlets that you want to be in because it'll... I guarantee you, you will get ideas from from doing that. Mm. It's, it's it's kind of total immersion, isn't it? You've got it to is. if you're going to do this, you've, it's not a knee jerk. No. Oh, it, it's Monday. I must whiz off a press release. <laughs> That's not the response. No. Okay. Well, look, let's 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 um. And I I totally get that what we're doing here is we're we're giving almost like kind of you know the best of some of the the content of your book that you've written. I know we can't mm-hmm. get into everything, but let's just jump forward a little let's imagine you know we've we've um we've followed our journalists we've read the publications we've worked with a, perhaps a couple of colleagues and we've come up with some storylines and we, th- we think we're on to something we've what's the what's the best way to pitch it you know i've got i've got my idea i've got it and uh, maybe i've got i mean well that's another question perhaps should we have one two or three sort of pitches and then what do we do once we've got them what's the kind of the yeah. next step so there's a number of tactics that you can take. There's one um, which is what most people are aware of is writing a media release mm. and sending that to a journalist. And so a media release has a really specific format. It, it requires um, specific information and to be delivered in a specific way. There's um, a media, what um, we call it a media pitch, and that is actually offering yourself for interview and on on the basis of saying why you're the expert or why you can talk about a certain um, topic Mm. and what what are some of the things that you will be talking about. So it's literally a pitch. It's kind of like imagine a sales pitch, but it's not salesy in any way. You're pitching an idea um, to a journalist mm. and doing it in a way that they're, um, you know, you want them to immediately go, hmm, that, that will be interesting. And the other thing that you can do now, which is more and more relevant, is writing an article and sending that article to mm. a journalist. So, As an example of, of, of how you're able to articulate things and, and to get your opinions across in a... In a yes. You know, so what sort of, and what sort of length? That doesn't want to be kind of 5,000 words, does it? No, for an article, no. So the best thing to figure out how, what the word length is is to actually um, look at that publication that you're pitching it to. So not every publication is going to, re, um, is going to publish an article. No. So say, for example, the Australian Financial Review, they will never publish an article that isn't written by a journalist on staff or a freelance journalist um, that has been commissioned. Right. Um, but say Management Today or like your, your Flying Solo as well, mm-hmm. um, you have the specific guidelines, but yep. every, every publication does or um, outlet does. Um, Smart Company accepts articles, um, online BRW accepts articles. There's so many places that accept Mm. articles now. And what you're doing in in that article is sharing some of your IP. So you're sharing something that their readers will be interested in um, 
in reading and that will help their, them in their lives in some way. Sure. So, or help them grow their business. So, I've written an article on every single thing that I do in my day, in my week, in my month. Like, there's right. not one thing that I haven't written about. Like, <laughs> right, right. Do you know what I mean? And I've yeah. sent that out because. And I, I get people sometimes saying, "But you're sharing your IP. What are you doing? Like, you, mm. if, if you read your, if you read my blog, Public Relations Sydney, you could open an agency. Yeah. <laughs> but what it's doing is positioning me as an expert of because course. I'm prepared to share my yeah. expertise. And, and the the reality is, you know, yes, somebody could read that and and open a PR agency and and be your competitor, but the fact is they don't. You know, and yeah. as, as you rightly say, it's just such a great way to kind of show your expertise. But let's um, just one little point, I guess, to touch on there is not everybody is quite as good a writer as they might like to think they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if that was very good English, but you know. What I, mean. <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> so presumably as well, it's got to be worth just making sure that whatever we submit is you know written well and is punctuated correctly because we're writing to people who care about words aren't we oh my gosh absolutely and it's really critical that you write articles if you do choose that tactic and media releases is the same Hmm. and the media pitch is the same you can't send anything that is promotional you can't send anything that's got spelling mistakes poor sentence structure Journalists receive so much information mm. that um, I know some journalists that if they see a spelling mistake in a release or a pitch, um, they will delete it. They won't mm. even read it um, because they get so much content. They mm. can just uh, um, they can they can they have the choice to do that. Yeah. So I think that as small business owners, I know we wear so many hats, and like probably some people are going great. Now I have to be a copywriter, mm. <laughs> um, but I, I'm not suggesting that. I think that you definitely have to be the ideas person and. Yeah. Um, come up with the I and it might even be that you do bullet points but then you find a copywriter mm. who is trained in this who does this and you can find copywriters on Fiverr or Odesk mm. or um, there's amazing Australian copywriters that are yeah. affordable for small businesses but it's absolutely worth the investment yeah I agree totally all right well, look, let's t- I'm going to jump us forward again a little bit so we've we've done our um, stalking of journalists yes. we've found out and looked at how to kind of go about submitting um, a pitch to them be that an article or a, a release let's imagine now you know joy of joys we've done all this and we've got an email back or a phone call back and the journalist says i'd like to talk to you at 10 o'clock next tuesday morning yeah right now for some people that's oh my god oh my god now my yeah. view is <laughs> i will if I will talk to any journalist about anything at any mm. time. Yep. But what I'll always do is I'll just make sure that I've got my opinions clear. So yep. if I pick up the phone and it's a journalist saying, I'd like to talk to you now, I'll go, well, I'm busy right now, but can I, can I call you back in 20 minutes? That's enough time for, for me to get an opinion. But mm. let's, So let's imagine, though, that we're doing this not in that sort of scenario, but someone who's saying, yes, I want to, to talk to you, Katrina. How do we prepare? What's, what should we be doing? What's, what's, what's realistic, you know, expectations-wise? You know, how, what, any tips there? Yeah. So I think the most critical thing is just what you said, is that if a journalist does call, or when they call, I should say, <laughs> mm. um, it, it don't do the interview then and there, which is even if they are an online publication. So I do an interview for an online publication at least once a week mm. um, and they are on deadline. 
because they're an online publication. Yep. So I now, um, so even though I'm trained in this and I could probably do it off the top of my um, head, I always say I will call you back in five minutes or ten minutes. Mm-hmm. I I will do it, but just give me five minutes to prepare, and yep. then I and then I um, sit down, and this is what we should all do with. Every interview, no matter how trained you are or no, how, how, how often you do interviews, is don't do it off the top of your head. Mm. You absolutely have to do some preparation. And so quite often with that preparation is you going back to what you pitch to them yep. and then working out what your key messages are. So with journalists, they're not out to catch you or to trip you up or to try and get you to say something that you don't want to say, unless you're a con person or you're, <laughs> or you're a politician or, yes. you know. Let's assume we're none of those. And let's assume we're none of those. So you want to write down three to five things you absolutely want to get across in the interview. Yeah. And the, the, often the journalist will be guided by you about what you want to say because they might have written a couple of um, questions themselves or they're just simply wanting a comment. Mm. And so the most critical thing is is that you do want to get across and answer their questions, but you also want to do it in a way that you're sharing the information that you've already figured out that you want to share. Mm. So they're your key messages. Yeah, can I ask you another point in that? I, I often find that... Um... It's quite because I, I tend when I start um, personally when I start talking about something and, and my sort of opinionometer gets a bit revved up, I tend to go off at a million miles an hour. Yeah. Um, so I will always as well just ask how are you how are you sort of taking notes on this interview? Are you recording or are you writing? Because pace is quite important, isn't it? We can sometimes get so kind of fired up and so excited that we end up speaking 19 words to a dozen, which is yeah. pretty impossible. So is, is that worth doing as well, just sort of clarifying how is this interview being undertaken? Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's particularly important. I guess what I'm, um, in my mind when I was answering that question, it was a phone interview because yeah. 99% of the interviews um, will be over the phone. Yeah. Um, maybe 90% and then 10% are going to be via email. Mm. Um, so quite often when you're doing this phone interviews and it's more often than not to a print publication and you're providing comment. So you need to understand too, that you have to stay on topic because if you start going off topic, that you're asking the journalist to interpret what you're saying Mm. and that's where they start making mistakes because they're interpreting you as opposed to you just being very clear and concise in your answers because you're the because we are in control to a certain extent of what they um, what they write. Because mm-hmm. if if we do ramble, then they're just going to try and figure out what we were saying, yes. and they've they've written a million notes, and they'll just pull out something. And their assumptions that, might not be. Oh, they might correct. not be right. Yes, yes absolutely. Mm. So I think it's really important to. That's why writing down those key messages, because then you're coming back to um, really clarifying the the points that you actually want to get across sure. can i what can i ask you another point here then what uh what can we reasonably expect um to ask for in terms of business name mentions and so on what what do you think is reasonable these days should we say as businesses should we say anything should we ask for particular mentions or 
do we just wait and see what kind of comes out in the wash? Yeah, I actually don't think that you can ask for anything. Mm. I really don't. And I think that if you do say, I want you to say that we have moved our offices (laughs) or whatever it is, it will absolutely annoy the journalist Mm. and you just do not want to annoy the journalist. (laughs) So I don't think that we can ask for anything. I think that what we can do is actually give an amazing interview so that they will actually use as many quotes as possible um, or uh, that they have available because you've done a great interview. I do think that it's really important. Like say, for example, with my name, because it's spelt so crazily, Mm. (laughs) if I haven't spoken to that journalist before, I will always send an email and actually just clarify that this is how you spell my name and um, this is what my title is and, um, uh, also my contact details, so my web address. We'll but up. they're just not they're not going to put that. More often than not, they will not put that in the, the my web address or anything. No, sure. in the interview. Look, I'm sure now we've we've got a number of listeners wanting what is the, what, what's so weird about <laughs> Katrina's name. I will just explain this that <laughs> Katrina is spelt C A T R I O N A, and for for months I I always assumed it was Katriona. So it's not it's Katrina. <laughs> so I'm glad we clarified that. Okay, so but I guess it, it is totally okay just to. Um, to say maybe something like, look, if you're going to be referring to me by name, can I just double check what, you know, how you will describe me or what my business yeah. is? That That's acceptable, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Mm. And, um, and definitely. And if it's an interview about your business, then one of the things that you need to do is actually have your description that you use, your elevator statement or one of yep. your key messages that very clearly and concisely explains your business. So what your business name is and what you do and what you do for clients, what you achieve, your benefits as well. But they're not going to write it. They're not necessarily going to write it in a way that this business is amazing. You've got to go and buy from this business. Of course not. They're going to write it in a way that is very descriptive. So you need to be descriptive as yeah. well. And I guess if anyone were going to write in that sort of formal way, you'd kind of have to question whether it's worthwhile being profiled there anyway. Yes, that's true. But look, um, what about um, any any definite sort of no-nos? You know, I know there's, I've, I've spoken to people who've done their first or early inter- media interview and then done a few things afterwards. I think, oh, I'm not sure if I'd have done that. Mm-hmm. You know, like making requests or demands. When you've done the interview, what do you then next do with the journalist, if anything? Um, I think one of the the biggest no-nos is to actually ask for the article before it's printed so that you can check um, because you don't have the right to do that. It must be so annoying if you're a journalist when someone says that. So annoying. The only time that we've ever done that is because one of our clients is Macquarie University and some of their research is really, really detailed Mm. and we've actually had the request from the journalist to actually get the professor to make sure that what they're yes because it's so detailed but that that is that's not normal Mm. at all um so you 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 have to do the interview well enough to to just trust that the journalist is going to write the story in the correct way and you can't ask um for the uh for the article pre-published the other thing too is they're not your media monitors so you can't ask for them to send you the article once no. it's published. Or, or either. even tell you when it's been published. Yeah, they and quite often they don't know when it's going to be published. So hopefully you're reading that publication or listening or whatever um, so that you'll know when it comes out. And yep. a really good tip there is 
we have um, we do use Google News Alerts, which yes. is free. And whenever, for example, me, my name is um, mentioned in the media, that just an alert comes up, and then I, I get the coverage, and that's free. So, which mm. is great for small business owners. Um, the you must other have thing- to be you must be wading through those every morning. It must be so tiring. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wish. <laughs> um, the other thing too is more often than not, you can't ask for the actual questions the journalist is going to be is going to be asking you. No. Um, because often they're going to be, they're going to think of it, the questions at the top of their head, on like the they're going to do on the fly. Yeah. Uh, it's not going to be as pre-planned, and often they don't want it to sound like it's pre-planned either. Mm. So um, you can certainly ask for the theme, um, and certainly ask for the type of things that they're going to be asking. But you can't, you can't ask for the questions no. as well. No. The other thing too is like just sort of touching on radio and TV. The, one of the biggest no-nos too is like say for example with TV, but because it's, because it's sound as well as vision, you can't rock up and just go, oh, I've, I'm just wearing my gardening clothes <laughs> or, you know, or even a striped business shirt. Right. You have, do some research and uh, before you turn up to those, those live um, vision as, as well as um, sound kind of ones where you do your research beforehand. It's a million articles. My website has a million, my blog has a million articles about yeah. what to wear and what to practice before you do those because it's very different to doing print. Yeah, no, look, great, fantastic tips. Thank you so much. So, look, I think um, this has been a wonderful sort of intro to this whole topic and I think, you know, it, it's it, it's so good just to hear you speaking with um, such sort of energy around this because it, it's so often when, when we hear the word media, it's usually followed by, you know, collapse, demise, mm. You know, and it's not true, is it? The media no. is still very much alive. It's certainly changing face and, and changing the way they do things. But the opportunities for small business are surely every bit as good as they ever have been. And, and Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. And we really, as small business owners, need to harness that yeah. and make the most of it because it changes our businesses when we use the media effectively mm, i agreed well look, i'm going to just wrap up with a, a final question the question that i ask everybody that i i managed to get onto our podcast and it'd be interested for you is is you know you meet a lot of people you uh, hear a lot of stories you help create a lot of stories but throughout your sort of business career through your throughout your life who's been the the greatest influence on you and what did they teach you you know uh, it's just this com- it's a combination of all the people that I meet. So I know that sounds um, odd because you know it, there hasn't been one person that's um, particularly influenced me other than the fact that it's everyone that I meet because I get energy and inspiration and aspiration from the people that I that I meet in my everyday. And it might be, you know, I have a, cl- I have just had a client that's just climbed Mount Kilimanjaro, and he trained for months. Um, he, like, he worked so hard to get there, and that, that was such a powerful inspiration to me. And then I speak to so many business owners who started the same place as me, who you know had nothing and just had a dream and knew that they wanted a different life. And just talking to them about how they've achieved their dreams is so amazing. And I have an auntie who's just 
you know, um, had just a, a really, really difficult life. And I was just talking to her last night, actually. And it's so, it's so amazing just to hear how she has gone through all of her, her, her issues and her, the things that she has to face every day when she wakes up. And it just makes me realize that we are surrounded by beauty and we are surrounded by so much love and we, um, and we are so lucky to be able to, to have that. And I think it's really critical that even when we have the days where we wake up and go, this business is too hard mm. or I can't do this anymore or I have no one to help me. <laughs> uh, I, have, I have no idea how I'm going to pay myself this month <laughs> um, that we actually focus on gratitude and focus on that love and focus on the beauty of life, even if it's just for one moment. Um, and that's that's what gets me through. Fantastic. That, that's a, a, a delightful response and it sounds very much like a sort of journalist slash storyteller's response <laughs> you know and it's it's it uh says so much about you i think that it's it, you get you take you you know you get your inspiration you get your drive you get your motivation by listening to other people and observing other people and that's um, it's kind of what you want from someone who does what you do <laughs> so look um thank you so much katrina for for joining us so for people that would um, like to to uh, consume more of your work and particularly to to grab your recently published book, the place to go is unknown to expert, all one word, unknown to expert.com. There you'll find versions of the book in every version, including ye good old fashioned paper versions. <laughs> but um, all all varieties are there. So unknown unknown to expert.com. Um Katrina Pollard, thank you very much for sharing your time with the Flying Seller community. Thanks so much, Robert. I appreciate it. Thank you. And that's where we'll leave this show from Flying Solo. I'm Robert Gerrish, and we hope you'll join us next time. If you're looking to start a business or rejuvenate the one you're in, you'll find heaps of resources at flyingsolo.com.au and a supportive community on our forums and Facebook. Thanks for listening.